Hello and welcome to our show where we talk about mall stories and mall things, all things that happen inside malls because malls are the cities you didn't know you lived near or in or around or didn't pay taxes to. Um, I'm here. I'm Dave. And this is Don. And we're just here to talk about, to talk shop. So we're very excited. Uh, you know what, Don? Uh, I love the mall business. And I know in our, we, we've talked about how we got into the business. But one of the things that I just I just love about the mall business is that for me, I was never uh, geographically isolated. You know, t- I was never locked into a location. I kind of, in fact, my wife and I joked that we signed a prenup as a total joke. But she says I have to pay cash for a future sports car. But I say she had to move wherever I told her. So <laughs> that way, she, she she got to move, and I still don't have a sports car. So you know, we're we're working on that one. But um, you know, what's funny is is not being geographically located. You know the mall business is interesting is is that usually in the history of malls they were designed. I mean, if you look back in like the 40s and 50s, right, kind of pre World War II, town centers were designed off of bus lines or railways, right? So as you come out of the city center, you had many city centers that would come out and and would do it, and then with the uh, you know the the GI bills, so to speak, of getting people ability to have houses and you have the mass produced homes and the communities now you need shopping out there and the first malls were developed as town centers off of the drive line or off of the town center ways of the of the of the bus lines and so you created these town center pieces but like all good mall managers if you wanted to do anything in life or move up or 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 have more money or more clout or whatever you had to move literal cities or geographies to get to the next mall. Like my first mall was a small 600,000 square foot center in Pocatello, Idaho. 200,000 feet more than my first mall. Well, hey, you know, I I am moving up. You you know what? The good news is my first internship mall was definitely in that 400,000 foot range in in Cashville, Utah, of all places. Um, And it was great. You know, a little tiny mall is awesome. But if you wanted to move up, you had to move markets. And and so I've moved around the the states quite a bit, and 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 every time moving markets and getting to a bigger mall and a bigger mall or a different mall or a different geography, and and it's been fun to see that there's good people everywhere, and it's exciting. And uh, you know sometimes my moves were not really uh, self-generated. Like some of it was like I wanted to go to a better mall, and that was great. But a uh, couple times I you know there's a there's an old saying that my dad taught me when I first got in the business, which is. You know, all real estate can be sold, or all malls can be sold, but they might not be for sale. And several times, I I discovered that we were selling malls that I was running, and I would sell myself out of a job. So it's an old saying that I live by, because that way, when someone calls me up and says, "Hey, we're selling your mall," or "Hey, you're not going to work for us because we're selling your mall," I'm not. It's not really a surprise for me because it's more like, well, uh, I uh, well, I kind of totally understand uh, what's. Uh, you know that's the nature of the business, you know, and and so, but you get to see a lot of different things, and I I love the difference in geographies because I get to meet different tenants, different style tenants. Um, you know, there's a great like southern version of Panera that has great white sauce pizza that you would never have known about if you didn't go to Tennessee and figure out about it. And and they don't. And now I'm trying to blank. I'm totally blanking on the name of that uh, delicious uh, Nukes Nukes Cafe. But if you went, if you didn't go, you know, to the Mid South, which I also didn't know existed. Uh, you know, I'm like, there's a Mid South. I thought I was in the South. No, you're in the Mid South. I'm like, is that like the Lower North? No, it's the Mid South. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not understanding, it, but. 
it exists mid-south and nukes cafe and it's just delicious regional kind of panera player and i'm like and i would take it hands down over panera every day of the week um but it's just a kind of an interesting thing to get different geographies and different i think we just lost a sponsor but thank you dave yeah well but we picked up really great you know no 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 panera no longer likes us okay just like no one likes their baguettes i get it i get it uh you know uh I didn't know it when I got in the industry, but I, I, I love to tell stories. I love to meet people. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather uh, face a hostile crowd than spend my day behind a desk all day or playing with numbers. And unfortunately, part of our job does involve numbers, or our, my job did involve numbers. But and sometimes say, you do get stuck at your desk. Yes. But uh, people would compile those numbers for me, and I was lucky enough to be able to tell if they were right or wrong often, just from having done it for so long. But we never, when when, uh, when we first got into this, my wife and I had no idea that we'd be moving as often as we did. We just built a new house, had a new baby, and six months after we moved into our first house and our new house, they said, you're going to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And it's like, okay. Well, and back then, it, it wasn't really like a, we'd like you to. Oh, no, no, no. It was... You are, right? I had an associate one time that uh, they, they wanted him to go to California. He was really excited, and, he, and uh, he came back in the next day, and he said, you know, uh, yeah, I, I checked to see how expensive it is to live in California, and no, I, I don't want to go. And I said, let me take you to lunch today. So as we were walking out across the parking lot to, for lunch, I put my arm around his shoulder, and I said, I think I need to explain something to you. You think they asked if you wanted to go. <laughs> what you were told was, you're going to California. So, you know, you better start figuring out how you're going to make this happen. And, you know, I could, I had some empathy with them because I did not always want to move when they wanted me to move. Uh, one time when they were trying to get me to move from Charlotte to Atlanta, uh, my boss said they wanted me to get, move, and I said, how quickly? And he said, oh, you know, your, your time, but, you know, just start planning on it. So about four months in, I, I didn't bring it up anymore, hoping they might have forgot to. And I was with him in Michigan. He was driving the car. It was wintertime, and we had run into one of the malls, one of our malls, and we hadn't put on coats because we were only going to be outside for a few minutes. We came back. He got in the driver's seat, and he wouldn't unlock the car door and let me in until I gave him a date when I would move. So uh, my timing meant my timing based on when they needed me, not uh, not when I was going to uh, decide that I wanted to move. Yeah, so. yeah it's not, not really a request. It's yeah. more of like I need you there. And you can go there and support. We moved uh, three times, uh, 13 months apart. So uh, once uh, I moved my wife twice when she was pregnant. And uh, she's never forgot. let me forget that, too. But uh, Well, in fairness, we used to say that we like to do the three hardest things in life at the same time, which is a new job, a new city, a move, and a new baby. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I think almost every one of my kids saved the first one. Was, no. Yeah, saved the first one. Four months after the first one, yep. we moved. And then every single one, my wife was pregnant or had just had the baby. Well, there's some great stories about the moves. and It's not necessarily mall-related. But uh, one time when we moved to Charlotte, my wife was pregnant. We, uh, we had not sold our old house, so we couldn't buy a new house. So we rented a townhouse, which was within eyesight of the center where my office was going to be. So we moved in, and we just had the one baby, and the neighbors were very, very nice. And it's a townhouse. We'd not lived in a townhouse before. We were sort of trying to get the lay of the land. We didn't know what to do with our, with our boxes. And so um, we asked the neighbor, and they said, well, we just went and 
through behind that shopping center over there, and they had to take care of them. And I said, well, (laughs) that's good, but that's my shopping center. My name's on those boxes. (laughs) They're going to be able to figure out who put those over there. So I'm going to have to take a different approach. So we need to figure out. That's funny, named named boxes. (laughs) Ah, shoot. Yeah, Yeah. I I put an S on the end of the name so they didn't think it was me. But, uh, (laughs) you you know, in in those moves, uh, they were – Every one of them was interesting. Back then, they used to give you X amount of dollars, and you paid to move yourself. And if you made money, you made money. And if you lost money, and I never lost money, I would, I would. You'd figure out a way to make it make it work. And we used the same moving company three times. Uh, every thirteen months, we moved, and and uh, so after the first move, it was wonderful. Uh, it was U-Haul used to have a moving company. I think it was called oh. Movers World. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, right. and so uh, they were the cheapest one. They moved us to. Uh, I forget where they moved us, but move went great. So 13 months later, they asked us to move again. And I called the guy, and I said, do you want to move again? He said, have you bought anything new? And I said, no. He said, you sold anything? He said, not really. So he gave me a price over the phone based you know, on the mileage. So second move was wonderful. Third move, 13 months later, I called him back, and he said, you know, I can buy a new truck. I just keep your account. So let me know, you know how long this is going to go on. And I said, who knows? <laughs> Every 13 months. Yeah. yeah so crazy. Uh, he uh, gave me the price, and again, we moved. And no trouble. It was funny. He said, you don't even need to be there. Just mark the bedrooms and we'll put everything away. I love this mover. Usually movers make you unpack all the drawers and so then they have boxes. This guy would let us leave everything in. He just wrapped the, you know, like the dressers in plastic. Oh, yeah. Super it, nice. It was yeah. so much easier than oh, going yeah. the other way. I, he didn't make as much money, but he also didn't put as much effort and time into it either. But uh, once we got done p- unpacking from that move, we were missing a arm cover, which I don't even think they do for car for for upholstered chairs now but back then oh yeah f- oh i remember those like you'd put them on over the yeah the, like yeah like your grandparents had yeah yeah, I hate yeah, to say. yeah yeah but uh we were missing an arm cover and i didn't even bother reporting it because it was an arm cover i mean it was probably two dollars worth of fabric and you know what are you going to do so about three months after uh, we'd moved we got a manila envelope opened it up and it was our arm cover and a note from the from the guy that owned the moving company said uh, this was in one of the blankets that we we, we unrolled. I recognized it was yours, so we just wanted you to have Having it. moved this three <laughs> yeah, yeah. times myself. Yeah, I, 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 see, that's excellent customer <laughs> that's service. Customer when you want to know a customer beyond, service. Yeah. yeah, I'm really sorry that, that company went away. But I, uh, I had a company that that uh, so one of the big mall developers used to pack and load you, you know, because they kind of evolved over time where then the move package for changing was they'd call you and everyone would get the same standard package and i was a cheap date because i was renting so it was like oh yeah you just end your lease and i would do this thing and pack a load and i'm lightweight you know now i'm like seventeen thousand pounds but now back then it was like you have three thousand pounds like nobody cares um but i remember the account rep for that person that handled this mall company's moves like i'd call her up and or she'd call me up and be like oh your name's here again because it was like moved you out for this one then they moved you here eight months later then you moved here six months later and then they moved you here a year later and they moved you here two years later it's like by the time i got to the fourth fourth or fifth move she's going oh hey how's the kids how's this you know just totally knows who i am and it's like well okay great like you know but was i think that's one of the things i do love about the industry is that because um and i feel like managers now there's more managers that like to be established and have their thing and be in their area with their kids or their parents or whatever it is but i always i always liked that if you were willing to go wherever the opportunity presented itself you could you could be taken but i always liked that the industry supported that move and at least made it 
easier, you know. And and that's that didn't it wasn't cheap. I think I mean the last time I got fully packed and loaded and moved was a number of years ago. But I think the U.S. average at the time was like if you were renting, the average was seventeen to twenty thousand dollars to the company to move you. And if you were a house owner at the time, I think it was like fifty five to sixty thousand yeah. dollars. You know, so it's a fairly significant. Um, investment, but I also used to use that as a negotiating ploy because if I was renting, that means I'm nimble and I'm also forty thousand dollars cheaper. So, uh, yeah, I might need a little extra, you know, on the on the salary. Well, it, uh, like I said, we we actually enjoyed it. Uh, it. We think a lot of times it helped our marriage because the only person we knew in the new city was each other, and the people that worked for you or your tenants. And you know, uh, it's funny, but tenants are an interesting breed. Some of them embrace you immediately. Some think, well, you're the flavor of the day. You're going to be gone. Why do I need to talk to you? But uh, there's, there's, there's tons and tons of tenant stories. Some of them bad. Some of them really funny. Some just good. But uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I, I like that role of being mall manager. And I like being known as the mall manager, and, and um, especially when you're a big fish in a small town. And a lot of small pond, and a lot of times malls were the largest tax base and one of the largest employers. So, you know, you were sort of sort of known. You always had something cool going on, and you know, when you when you said you managed the mall, you know, everyone had a mall story. Not all of them good, some of them bad. Some of them always wanted to tell you what stores that you needed to add, which is funny because we used to do these surveys all the time, and you know, people would write down. We sometimes you would lead and say between these stores, which one would you want, or and then others it was just what stores you'd like to see. And we always loved the ones where they marked stores that were already there. And it's like, yeah, yeah, come, come <laughs> Man, shock all the I corridors. I wish you had those. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, we granted your wish. It's down there right now. <laughs> go, go, go there. Good news. <laughs> yeah, so. Good news. We're, we're fortune tellers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so one night, my wife and I had gone out to eat with another couple, and uh, we were at a fancy restaurant, and the, the uh, hostess, uh, when we walked in, she said, um, I, I said we had reservations gave her my name and she said you manage the mall don't you and i'm Ooh. thinking oh, i'm pretty puffed up here now you know she recognized who i was we were probably 20 miles from the mall you know i'm thinking wow uh, you're sp- you're spread your 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 uh your what is it your uh your presence precedes you, you know? yeah, yeah yeah so i said and and uh I said, yes, I am. I said, and how do I know you? She said, you sued my husband. He'd been a tenant. He hadn't paid rent. And, we threw him out. and so it's like, well, I'm not sure we want to eat here now anymore now because uh, this may not no go way. well here yeah. for us. Here, but, if I'm but. suddenly sick or dying tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Man, everything here tastes like almonds. It's so delicious. <laughs> it, it, it's funny how you went from that high to a low. Uh, you know, yeah. Just, just with those, you sued my husband. Yeah. Uh, those oh. four words really <laughs> changed a lot of things right there. So. And, I, and what's funny is once she said it, I realized I did know her. And... Uh, I will tell you that we also won when we sued her husband because we never went to court when we were going to lose. So, oh, that's an, funny. That's funny. You know, um, there there were tragedies that befell some of the malls, and and during the Rodney King riots, had property in California. And so you uh, had property in California during Rodney King. That's like yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. Oh, but, uh, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, we had hired. Uh, we it was a strip center. We did not have security prior to that, but. There was uh, uh, concerns of unrest, nothing like what came of it. And, um, you know, it, I, I think it was still shocking for all of us that were old enough. You were probably still in grade school, so but I was old enough to remember it. And we were watching, we were living in Atlanta, and we're watching this, and it, it was terrifying. It was so sad to see the, the, uh, the violence. And, and then uh, they were talking about the looting and that was moving through, and it was moving towards 
the town where this property was. And, and one of the things they said they were targeting were liquor stores and uh, guns and ammo stores. And I had a gun and ammo store there. So this, uh, I told my wife, I said, I need to go out to California. I want to be there, see what's going on. She said, uh, no, you're not going to California. Like all good wives, <laughs> at least understood the danger better than we did. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, at that time, be, this is before computers, I used to carry what I referred to as the Bible with me, which had all the phone numbers and the names of the managers or owners. So I looked at my guns and ammo store, and I called the guy, and I'll say his name was Bob, and Bob answered the phone. I said, Bob, this is Don, how's it going? And he said, all right. And I said, uh, how, what's security doing? He said, oh, they left hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> this unarmed security guard uh, from a company called Wackenhut. I just like saying Wackenhut. Oh. You know what? My, my best fr- one of my best friends in high school, her first job was with Wackenhut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, he said, oh, they left hours ago. <laughs> and, and, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's a smart security guard because there really wasn't anything he was going to do there. And I said, have you had any trouble? And he said, uh, well, we ran off people with guns. I said, they had guns? He said, no, we had guns. They started coming around the store, and we went out and said, we have 600 <laughs> guns and 4,500 rounds of ammo. You know, you don't want to mess with us. Yeah, Just make my day. <laughs> keep moving, you know. And, and our, our center was unscathed through that. So, uh, But it just makes you realize sometimes uh, tenants can be very resourceful as the, when they need to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's – it, yeah, but <laughs> – uh, that's that's, all, that's, that's uh, you have me see that's awesome because it, 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 it speaks to truth i mean like you know it's it's the tenant that chases someone through the hall and tackles them yeah. for over you know a pair of earrings or or the you know the i think i shared the story earlier but like the guy that runs after the the pair of teenagers that stole something you know with a samurai sword and it's like you're just like sometimes you're just like Wait, what? Like, you did what? But in some of these bigger pieces where, you know, someone's lifeblood, they're, they're, I mean, they're true owners of the business. It's their livelihood. I mean, they, they, they have a right to, but they also oftentimes really do express a, a true love and, and are willing to protect that, uh, that effort. Well, you know as well as I do that, uh, you know, first of all, my hat's off to anybody that owns a business because it's not easy. And uh, it takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. You know, there's, there's some that are very successful. There are some that you can make a living at, and there's some that just shouldn't be in business. And it struggles, even if it's a good idea, it right. still struggles, yeah. And there was a time where we had a tenant that uh, I think was on a five-year lease. It was up for renewals. At that time, I was doing leasing. And uh, they, um, they were in the office, and they were wanting to renew. And these are people that I... I'd started legal proceedings against, you know, at various times over the five years, and I knew they were struggling. Nice people. I, I loved him. He was very good at what he did, but he should not have owned his business. He should have been working for someone, and he was a jeweler. He should have been working for someone, and he was very skilled as an art, uh, in, in jewelry making and repairs. So the artistry was great. Right, the, but, but, it, but, and but it's, just, a, it's a very competitive business, especially yeah. when you're a one-off. And so uh, they're in there, you know, saying, you know, we haven't made any money, but we think we're about ready to turn the corner. And I said, uh, guys, you know, I appreciate you want to renew your lease. But I said, I think you're beating a dead horse. And the wife started crying, and I just felt horrible. But I thought someone needed to tell them the truth, that, uh, you know, there's just a point there where it doesn't make sense. Well, sometimes I think, I think the good leasing agents in the business understand the deals that you shouldn't do, not because you can't do them, but because you shouldn't right. do them. And I, I've seen it a lot in some of the like up and coming restaurants where you have someone that like I've worked at a Greek restaurant, Greek restaurant for forty years, and I'm going to open my Greek restaurant. It's like, but have you 
really? Yeah. You know, you've worked at it. That's fine. But like, do you understand all of the food costs and rotations and how many hours that's going to take and, and how to do the menu so it looks good and you know, the, 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 and there's sometimes you shouldn't do the deal. And I, th- I, I always appreciated GMs that general managers that took the time to be real with the tenants and 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 to really talk shop and say and and to care. And I think that's the one of the beautiful things about it is is the autonomy of the G- general manager of the mall. I, I'd say the mall as a city itself is that as you being the mayor, city staff member, whatever you want to call yourself, city administrator, you could be very real with your constituents and and in times be like, yeah, like, I'll always take your money, but there's times when you probably should keep it. Well, you know, it's funny how you first said a Greece restaurant, and then you changed it to Greece. Well, but I just thought that was it could be both. Could be both. Interesting yeah, slip. Yeah, could be both. Uh, we've all seen the back hallways, and we all know where we'll eat and where we won't. But that's another story. <laughs> that, uh, we had a restaurant we were not renewing one time. Uh, their lease was up, and, and uh, they never seemed to be really making money. And for those of you who don't understand how malls work, Usually there's a base rent and there's a percentage rent, and the goal is it should be for every store in the mall is to be in percentage rent because that usually gets your rent factor somewhere between 6 and 12%, depending you know, on, your, on your break point. But this restaurant never hit their break point, and so we, del- we elected not to renew them, and they were not happy. So it was a Saturday, and I was working uh, on, on a Saturday, and uh, the or the owner of that restaurant that we were not renewing came up to guest services and wanted to talk to me. And uh, I was out on the floor, and I said, you know, I'd get back to him later. And he came back a little bit later and asked to talk to me again, I pulled the security manager over and said, he want to talk to me? So I said, okay. So I went up there, and, and he said, I want to talk to you in your office. I knew this guy wasn't happy with me, but I'm thinking, mm, okay, and yeah. no one's in the office. It's fine. We, so, can, we can sit together. It's totally fine. So we went in the office, and... Uh, we went into my office, and he came in and closed the door. And I'm thinking, I think I've seen a Dateline about something like this. I, I'm not sure. Did you hear a click at the <laughs> yeah, end of that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I like this. And, and he went on to proceed to tell me. He said, "You know, um, uh, you know, we really want to stay here. Uh, you know, we've been we've been here for a long time. We don't like the fact you're not renewing us. Uh, if I gave you fifteen thousand dollars cash, could could we stay?" And I mean, I was stunned. I've never been offered a bribe before. I have never been offered a bribe after that. But I stood up immediately, threw him out of the office, called security, had him write up the report that he had come looking for me because I just thought if you're silly enough to offer me a, a, um, a bribe, you're also probably willing to say that I asked for a bribe. And, you know, it, it, it really just oh, it, it I freaked, think yeah, it that, freaked me out. That freaks you out. So uh, after I had security write, start writing their stuff up, I called my boss, and I said, I just want you to know this happens. I'll, I'll write a report. It was a Saturday, but I told him on a Saturday because this really shook me because this was a – and then I called my leasing rep, and I said, do you want to make – uh, $7,500. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, they did not stay in the mall, but that was my first and only time. I've, uh, it was it was unnerving to me. Well, there's been a meme that goes around now where it's like, I'm against collusion or I want to participate in it. You know, it's like, or whatever it is. Like, I'm, I'm against bribery unless I'm participating. It's like, oh. but, uh, but no, but that, that's an interesting thing where it's like, I remember having a, I had a really great retailer that, um, really great with floor rugs and like really nice i mean just super elevated rugs and stuff and i remember i remember and i was i mean poor is probably the right word 
but uh, I'm running this mall, and I'm I'm probably you know it was during a time when the company I was working for was kind of going through a couple of you know the bankruptcy kind of things, and and so I was probably you know uh, living a little closer paycheck to paycheck than I'd probably like to admit, and uh, and I remember him coming and, and being like, oh, welcome, you know, you're 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 just new to the mall. It's so great, and and uh, you know whatever rug you want choose one and I'll, I will drop ship it to your house. I will get it to your house. I'll deliver it to your house, whatever you want. And I remember just looking around and it was the first time, you know, they always had the rule, you know, the corporate, you know, as, as everything evolves from the seventies to the, to the nineties to the two thousands, eventually it was like a, Hey, if it's a marginal gift, no big deal. But if it's above 50 or $75 or whatever, you know, you had to kind of figure it out. But I'm looking around, I'm like, I don't think there's a rug in here that was less than five or six or seven hundred dollars. And there's rugs in here that are like ten thousand dollar rugs. And he's literally like, anyone you want. This one's beautiful. And I'm looking at the price tag, like, like I don't think my car's worth that. <laughs> like, and I drove here in it, you know. And uh, and I remember thinking, I could literally just. And he, nobody would care, and I could get this rug, you know. And I, I remember thinking, no, like I'm not, like I don't want it because I don't want anything to come back on later down the road because you need something and sure enough within about two years i think it was the great recession or whatever it was at the time that had happened you know so now everyone's talking about rent relief and sure enough who needs rent relief but one of my rug guys you know and then these other guys a lot of people need rent relief so let's not let's not everyone was asking but at that moment when it was when it kind of came full circle and it was like oh if i had taken even a 200 hundred dollar throw rug to put in my front foyer of my apartment you know like it would have would have come back and been like hey but i gave you this rug and you need to help me save twenty thousand dollars off my rent or whatever it would have been and it was like i still had a great relationship with him and he was a wonderful man and a great businessman i i thought he just did a great job with the rugs and everything but but it was just interesting you know where i had finally seen kind of the full circle you know scratch the back kind of thing. So that's interesting that you'd had that experience with an actual cash bribe. Well, you know, it's, uh, when you're talking about tenants, uh, when you take over a new mall, you know, usually there's other people that have been there before, and they sort of tell you the lay of the land and, you know, who's the, who's the mall's mayor? You're the mayor of the property. Yeah, but who's the yeah. who's who, the people's mayor? Yeah, yeah. Who's, you know, yeah. Who's, who's the one that people go <laughs> and, and complain to or, or starts the complaining, as the case may be? We had a petition going around one time, and uh, it was they didn't like the – the hours that we operated on Labor Day and Memorial Day, we always stayed open till close until nine on Labor Day, but we closed early on Memorial Day because Labor Day's back to school. People are still shopping till late. Memorial Day, people are doing a cookout, you know, at six o'clock, and they they closed early. So at Labor Day, uh, this tenant started a petition, and it got to one of the stores where they knew me pretty well, and they said, "Hey, just giving you a heads up, there's a petition going around here." You know, they're not happy with you. And so uh, I took that information and I went down to the person who started it and didn't let her know that I knew. And I said, uh, you know, how are things going? We did the small chit chat. And I said, uh, so any issues? And she said, no, not really. And I said, well, good. And I said, because I hear there's a petition going around about Labor Day hours. And I just want to tell you why I keep Labor Day hours. And I and you know why we don't close early and i know you have a lot of cloud out here so i'm sure when that petition gets to you it'll just die right <laughs> and i never heard i think she might have read between the lines but even if she didn't it never came back up to my office that's so awesome you just you just don't know but you have to sort of learn how to how to read the crowd but i had a mall one time and they said it was a it was a hallmark store and they said the manager is just a mean ornery 
person. And that was a challenge to me. So every day I'd go down, I'd walk in that store, and I'd find the manager, and I'd talk to her. And she did not want to see me. But after a week or two, you know, you almost she almost wants to see you. And then after a month, I'm in the back talking with her all the time and found out some very interesting things about her. Her, her uh, son was a, I, I'll say this now because I think, uh, I'm, I'm sure she's passed by now, but she was a, um, son was a fiddle player for Charlie Daniels Band. I mean, cool. she was a, she was a great, cool is that? She, she was a great lady. And, and I, we, we built a, uh, a nice uh, relationship over time. And uh, so uh, one day I went in there and, she had a cast on her arm, and I said, what happened? She said, I fell, and I said, tell me it wasn't here. And she said, no, she said it was in my garage. But the first thing I thought was, how can I get in the mall and make Don pay for this? And I said, well, thank you. I'm glad that I'm, I'm, glad I'm top of mind now. And as time progressed, so she called one day and said, the owner wants to remodel the store, wants to meet with you, and uh, can you meet with him on such and such a date? I said, yeah, not a problem. I said, it's my birthday. And I said, the company that we worked for then used to let you off on your birthday. But I said, I'll just take another day. I'd really love to have this remodel. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's get it done, yeah. So um, deal. I was going to have to work on my birthday. My secretary asked for that day off. And I was th- thinking, yeah, sort of sucks that I have to work. But, you know, but I, I was okay with it. So I went down. At, it was supposed to be at noon. And uh, we get out. She and I are walking around the store talking about things that ought to change. And I said, when's the owner going to come by? She said, I don't know. And uh, she should, should have been here. And then the next thing I hear is belly dancing music. Uh, I had turned 30 that day. And she had hired a belly dancer to come into the middle of the mall. We still have the video. <laughs> and uh, she sang happy birthday to me and then got down on the floor and was doing all the things that belly dancers do. And uh, she pulled out a Polaroid and took a picture and then had me hold the picture up to her stomach. And uh, there was a crowd gathered there, including my secretary, who was filming it. My wife, who was invited, and she oh was there. Oh, my word. And she called me Schnookums, which Schnookums. took a long time for that name to go away. <laughs> but uh, there, what's funny is there was one part where she was laying on her back, legs built underneath her, and was making her, her stomach sort of move. And I don't know how Do to Do the describe. roll or yeah. whatever, yeah. I, I don't know quite how to d- describe it, but there's a there's an older woman that walks between the camera and this lady on the floor doing these things and um, she just looks over at her and then keeps on walking like hmm, must be Thursday <laughs> they have belly dancers in the mall <laughs> and, what a show every and, time I'm here and, always a and, surprise and I was so embarrassed I mean she got me good oh. so on her birthday uh, I hired the sweet Adelines to go into her store and <laughs> sing the old gray mare sharing what she used to be and she was 62 at that time but it was a small market I called the local radio station who I had a relationship with and I said, I'd really like to call her and wish her a happy birthday over the air. And they knew the store. And like I said, it was a small market. This was not, this was a 400,000 foot mall. Yeah, it, it but was, it's still, it's yeah. pretty awesome. But it, it was big for the city. So um, uh, we called her and we get her on the phone. And she doesn't know the sweet Adelines are coming yet. But I said, you know, after you wished me happy birthday, I want to make sure we wish you happy birthday. And, you know, we had the conversation for a while, and I said, is it okay if I tell everybody how old you are? And she said, yeah, go ahead. And I said, well, happy 65th. And, you know, she's screaming about, no, I'm only I'm 60, not 65. 65. <laughs> but the beauty of it is doing that too early in the morning, she thought it was done. So when the sweet Adelines came in later, it really blew her off oh, her game. She was, he just had but, it. But you know what? Uh, she she became a friend. She became a uh, a positive person for the mall when we had leasing people coming in or people looking at leases. She's one of the stores I went to because she was a good retailer. 
and I don't know what was wrong that they didn't click with the other managers before me, but uh, you know, she, she became a, a staunch, and I know we just said that you don't take things, but we had a small girl at that time. Hallmark Shore had a small bookstore, and she used to send books to my daughter on her birthday even after we moved. Oh, that's and, awesome. I mean, it, that's they, just what a great friendship. Yeah, you know. they were four and five dollar books. I mean, they weren't oh, yeah, the no, coffee yeah. tables, but she was. She really was a sweet lady. And, and, and those are the ones that you remember, and those are the ones that you remember fondly. Yeah, I, and I think that's a great, that's a sweet story. Um, I even remember some as like a career goal, you know, like you'd find the good retailers that knew what they're doing. And I remember there was a, you know, in, in our leasing, there's a perm, perm leases and specialty leases. And what those are is really just length of time and how much ownership you had in the space, right? More of a license versus a true, you know, ownership, um, a lease right of ownership, right? And, uh, and I remember there was these two, this, this guy that had this great sports memorabilia or sports store in one of my markets. And his manager, I think it was Steve and Ron, and they were just great guys. Um, and they had run this great store, and they had started in like 2,000 square feet, and then it knocked some holes in the wall and went to 4,000 square feet, and then went to 5,000 square feet. And I'd been there kind of through their metamorphosis over a couple of years and kind of doing it. Now, they really wished that the, uh, the Denver Broncos had one more. That's another story. It was before some of the other fun things that happened more recently. But, uh, you know, the, you know but, but I think the store manager used to be off every every Sunday of football Sunday to be at the Broncos game, which was awesome. I was kind of like a – and he, and I think he had done it for he, – he might have been in his 60s or maybe his late 50s. Or, he's probably 60s. And I think he said he had been there every game for the last 40 years or so. It was just crazy, which was awesome, kind of inspiring. But I remember I got promoted, you know, to a new mall, and so I'm, I'm moving – and I remember, I remember it was the first retailer that ever came by my office after all these conversations we'd had, and I'd helped them expand their stores and got some opportunities they might not have gotten. And they took me, they're like, we want to take you to lunch. And they took me to lunch. And then it was just, you know, the owner who I'd worked with had actually done a career in, you know, coaching or something else completely different, and then had gone in and just loved retailing. And, and they just spent time with me just at a lunch just saying, you know, hey, you did this really great, and when your next step, hey, do this and this, and make sure you do this, because, and it was just kind of just, it was tidbits of things, but it was, they took the time to care, you know, it was one of those ones where it's like I realized well, someone does care as me as the mall manager, because I, I was really putting blood, sweat, and tears and trying to make this mall yep. better, and, and it, was, it was, it was very fond from that standpoint, I think there's some really great relationships that come from that, which is good. You know, you were talking about the difference between specialty and, and, and temporary or, or, or uh, permanent uh, leasing. We had a bridal shop one time that uh, we helped her get her name established, and she was there forever and ever. I want to say like three years. And normally you don't want tenants to stay, stay on temp that long, but it was a unique lo uh, use in the shop, in the shopping center. It didn't take sales away from anyone else. It brought in a large group of people because usually if a girl's looking for a dress, there's all the the entourage, made, right. yeah, and so yeah. you know, it, it was it was a nice, nice, uh, uh, it was it was a nice niche business to have in the mall, and she made enough money in our mall paying the lower rent that came from that that she went out and bought her own building and and uh, in, oh. a, in, in a Oops. in a strip center. But but you know what, it, it was right for her, and and I went over to see her there, and I think I actually took her flowers and congratulated her. Oh yeah, and uh, she said, you know, I never would have been here if I had, had hadn't had the opportunity there to to grow the business. So. You know, it, it's nice seeing it go, you know, when when the steps move right. And, right. And we've, we've all got stories of people who 
who, you know, they'll, they'll start making. I, I, I have a restaurant that comes to mind now. There's a couple stories with. But uh, when he was building the restaurant, he didn't hire a contractor. He built it out himself. And uh, usually that's a mistake. I've got many mistakes about. Yeah, usually, usually not, a, not a bad mistake, a terrible mistake. And uh, it took longer than what it should have. You know, you're having to explain all the mall rules. You know, they didn't know how to, to pull inspections and permits. So, I mean, you're really hands spoon-feeding this person into the – but I was working late one night. The office was cleverly hidden behind the food court, which that's a – that could be another whole segment about where mall offices are. Oh, yeah. They're we should not, definitely talk about that. They're not usually in the pre- most pristine. I had one one time we had to go outside past a dumpster and then up a <laughs> road of stairs. And there was signs saying the mall office was there. But I got very few people in the office because once they walked outside and saw that they were outside then saw the dumpster, I think anything they wanted to complain about, they just decided – yeah, it ain't worth it. <laughs> or they're like, yeah, I guess the office is a dumpster just like this mall. I'm going to do a dumpster mall. Yeah. But uh, it, it was <laughs> funny how that, uh, how that goes. But what was I saying? I hate to say it. I guess well, you were, you, were, uh, you were talking about, what were you talking about? This, uh, uh, you were talking about tenant stories. Uh, you were talking about the restaurant. Oh, he, uh, uh, he came, knocked on the door that night and asked if he could use my phone. And I, this is for cell phones. And I, yeah, and he said, what's wrong? And he said, my brother stole my my equipment, my, all my contracting equipment. I said, how do you know? He said, because I know my brother. And so he came. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he was from a, a large family of predominant religion back then. I think he had like 26 brothers and sisters. Ooh. And he uh, came in and started calling pawn shops and found his tools. <laughs> and so he, uh, he went and retrieved his tools. But uh, when he opened the restaurant, the restaurant did great. And then uh, one of the f- food vendors that provide the food started telling them ways he could cut corners to make even more money, you know, they changed the, 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 it was, it was decent plastic silverware to stuff that you couldn't even cut the stuff with. And, uh. you know, instead of ham, it was pressed ham and that. And he, he ran it right in the ground because he was trying to improve his margins. And I think he'd still be in business today because the product was, was really good. It was really initial, good. But yeah. just didn't. But but it just speaks to how hard it is to do a business and to how hard it is to keep it going. Like well, I said, and to stick to your guns on like when you know that you have a good product, a good brand, a good image, a good feel, and then there's always the ability to do it cheaper. Right. And and it can come across. And you know it's a fine line. I think it's even even more now. And you know if there's one thing that's happened as of recent with the retail wages coming up, and uh, I'm not sure. I used to joke that they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a lease. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to build out a space. Then they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on inventory. And then they'd hire someone and pay them 12 or 15 bucks an hour. Or back then, seven fifty, yeah. <laughs> And give them the keys to the store and say, go make me money. And this is people, I love it, you were talking about your Jetta. I don't know, is this one or the other? And, and these are people you wouldn't let drive your car. <laughs> Instead, you give them a three, four, five hundred thousand dollar $500,000 you know, asset and uh, like I said, there's still quality people that do it, but there was a lot of people there that you know just didn't get it. And I wouldn't loan them my car, much more have them run my business for me. Or give them but, the keys to the farm. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it, it, it's, it, I'm, I'm glad to see the wages are coming up, and I hope that uh, the, the current crop of, uh, of retailers and the people that are working retail, I, I hope things have improved for them, but I also hope – that allows you to attract a better person. You're just not paying the same person more and still getting the same. Well, you know, it's funny because I just I saw an article recently that talked about um, the the return 
the the return of the love of shopping in person, which you know, because coming out of, of the pandemic and some of this you know hold up kind of things, you know, going into it, we had a lot of conversation about the death of the mall and the abysmal spiral of retail sales and how the internet would take over, and then COVID, COVID pandemic kind of came out and it was like, oh man, like that's it. Now we're going to entrench it. And, and it, online sales did see a big increase, but for individual retailers, not just mass sellers, right? So it was, you know, they all started to like lift, finally get up with the times and be able to ship from their stores and package things and do these things. And so you saw a lot of it, but there was an interesting article because it talks about falling back in love with the experience of shopping in person of the bricks and mortar or the, you know, in person. And, and I, I think like with the wages, I think there's those stores. I mean, Apple built a temple into its devices and you then became worthy of entering said temple, which I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had customers standing in front of the Apple store, but because Apple uses small logos, you know, you know, kind of almost hides their store in plain sight. You know, they're standing there looking at it like, and then they ask you at the directory, do you know where Apple is? And it's like, you're not worthy. Just keep walking. You are the great unwashed. Move along. Nothing to see here, you know. And, but, but I always felt like when I went into the Apple store, you know, especially these newer iterations where they had more of the community town center feel, you felt part of the community and the experience was there. And they have a lot of staff that can help you and support you and be, be, be with you versus like, you know, you go. there was a time when, you know, some of the department stores, not to name names, would, would have a, you know, a register in every single department, but you couldn't find a body to save your life. You couldn't hit a body if you threw the the POS system at them, you know, and it's, it's, and, and, you know, so there's this metamorphosis, but I feel like it's kind of coming back around to the idea of experience. And I even look at a little bit like Lululemon's one of my favorites for like, you go to Lululemon, the people there live the product, love the product, want to help you with the product and are, are these ambassadors for the brand. And I think to your credit, I think that's exactly, or to what you're saying is exactly the same thing where you're seeing, maybe the wages rise and it's not just a starter job and it is a starter job. We all have to start somewhere. And, but maybe, maybe it brings back a little bit more of the, the yesterday lore of, of being, you know, the, the crown jewel of a, of a retail experience. Well, you know, we've talked about it at different times, but uh, contractors and we deal with a lot of different contractors, the industry now contracts almost every service. It's only as good as the people that you have managing that contract at that location. 100%. So one person may have a wonderful uh, relationship and, and wonderful people, but it's because they're being managed properly. And it's the same way in stores. I know it's tough. And like I said, I, when you see it working right, it's, it's, a, it's a poetry in motion. And when you see it uh, falling apart and people just don't care, you know, I, I used to joke that uh, – I wanted a job at a kiosk out in the mall because all I could ever see is they were on their phones and they were watching movies and they wanted to make sure the mall had strong Wi-Fi because they wanted to be able to, <laughs> you know, you could, you could walk in and no one would even notice you when you walked in because they were too busy on their phones or too busy. And, uh, you know, it, it peop, we, we all do steps. We all try to figure out ways to make it better and to, to uh, we, we put rules and regulations in place, but you know as well as I do, it's impossible to to enforce those all the time. All the time, yeah. I mean, and, you try and be universal, you try to be fair and consistent. But but the, but the store owners and the and the regionals and the district managers, they have to be willing to you know 
and and it, it's tough and it's tough right now finding people i have to tell a story and we were we were talking about moving we were taking over a new mall in uh, colorado we were on a small plane driving or driving it's hard to drive good, a small good, plane. good thing you were driving the plane yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, flying in and um i was with my vp of marketing which we could do a whole segment on him I, too. I, I can't wait yeah but uh, I was reading a lot of facts. You, you know, you take these fact books, or you know, and you're, you're reading, and it's a small plane. It's a two one two on one side, one seat on the other. Going to the small town, there's a lady sitting next to me, and I'm reading through stuff. And uh, she said, uh, "Do you have something to do with such such mall?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said, "We're the new regionals for it. We're going in. It's our first meeting with the team and walking the mall." And she said, "Oh, I have a store there. I'm the district manager for such and such." So we looked it up and. I said, boy, you're killing the category. I said, what's wrong with you? And, and uh, her sales were, it's a, it was a regional chain, but their sales weren't good. And she said, yeah, that's why I'm coming in. And I said, well, I can tell you the averages for the, for the category. And we share that kind of information because a lot of times when people come and complain, they say, you know, the mall's not doing well. And you go, hmm, the store next to you is up 20% this year. The store to the other side of you is up 15 you're the one that's down. Something tells me it might be more of your problem there. They're so. walking by your yeah. store. but So yeah. we had this wonderful conversation. She, she was a good regional manager. She uh, had just got, gotten that region, and she recognized the problem. So uh, we asked her if she had plans for dinner that night. She did not. So this was our first time there. We were, it was late in the day when we got there. So we went to dinner with her that night. We picked her brain some because we had this store in some of our other malls that we managed. And it was a great contact for her and a great contact for us. Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds awesome. Like, what a, what a nice chance meeting. Yeah. So I said to her, I said, you know what? Tomorrow we're going to come to the mall. We'll do a mall walk with the team. I said, uh, let's have some fun with this. I said, when we get to your store, I'm going to ask to speak to the store manager to discuss sales. And uh, I said, go home tonight and think of the most bizarre thing you want to do to increase sales. You know, stuff that you know we won't approve. You know, like you want to put leaflets on cars or you want to, you know, put 100 balloons out in front of your store. You know, things that we just don't do. For yeah, we don't approve those things. Yeah. And she said, okay. So next day we're walking through the mall and I'm getting excited as we're coming up to the store. And, and uh, so we get there and I, I look at my sales report and I said, boy, these sales are the lowest in the category. I said, let's go in and talk to them. So I had the manager and the marketing manager with me. Uh, they obviously had no idea that we knew the regional was there. So we go in and we we meet the store manager. And I said, you know, uh, next time your regional's in town, I'd really like to talk to her because, you know, we need to talk about how we fix this. She goes, oh, she's here now. So the regional comes out. The mall team had not met this regional. So she's standing there and we're talking for a while. We went through introductions again and she's playing along perfectly. And uh, I said, you know, we need to help you get sales up. I said, have you done anything anywhere else? that you know you might want to try here and so we were expecting some of these lame things that we'd given her and she goes well my brother works for the circus and at one of our malls we brought in an elephant and just had the elephant outside the store and it, <laughs> it drew a big crowd people came up to see why the elephant was here and she said you know he's he's trained but but my brother also you know he knows how to clean up after him and stuff but it just brings a crowd and i'm going yeah that sounds that, like a great idea that'd bring, you know? that'd bring a crowd and bob and i are, are just dying inside because this is this is good and you know the, the it wasn't lame it wasn't leaflets on the cars yeah. this is like real yeah. she, she did go back and think about it. and the uh the the mall manager and the marketing director are you can see them shooting sideways glances at each other like we've got a we've got an idiot for <laughs> the regional team, <laughs> and I said any other ideas and she said well you know we have people bringing old clothes and then we give them discounts on new clothes, 
And then uh, we give the clothes to the homeless. And one of the malls, they let the homeless sleep in the food court at night <laughs> and eat the leftover food. Oh, I said, that's wonderful. Oh. It's, it's a community tie-in. I just oh, think this is, this is and, awesome. And, I mean, you should have seen the looks on this manager, <laughs> the marketing manager's face. And she goes, uh, we do a flyer in the paper. You know, she's trying to put it to something that's going. And finally, we just couldn't hold it back anymore. We started laughing. Oh, they were awesome. so relieved. Oh, that's e- awesome. Even, and, and it, I mean, she got her store manager, too, because her store manager did know that we had known each other we had dinner oh, the night before that's, but they're all looking at like what the heck is happening this is never gonna fly <laughs> but it was great because we made a relationship with the district manager which was a wonderful thing to do uh you know they, their sales did come back up but uh, you know it, it, i'm telling you with the right training and the right motivation it uh it, it really does make a difference. I mean, just in, in, in reviewing and in looking at things and being willing to interact with the customer. And, and it's kind of the nuance of reading the customer, where you place something, how you bring something up. Like I always, um, like I know you had a great story that you shared with about the buckle managers, but they were always really good at training their staffs to, and the good managers were always even better, but, but training staff to, to bring more of the outfit to, together and upsell upsell it was really what they were doing but it was like hey those jeans look good this belt looks good with those jeans this shirt looks like good with those jeans now i think they i think buckle got way too into the affliction shirts like most most uh you know oversized wrestling fans i guess but no offense wrestling fans i'll be beating up in the parking lot later but but uh you know there's a certain motif that wore the affliction shirts but uh, um like a piggy out of a crowd but uh um but you know like those nuanced of just being able to treat the customer a certain way and interact with them and have the fun. And, and I just, I think sometimes, you know, those managers are just great at what they do and they, and, and they're hard to find because they're, they're not the, they're not the, um, the HR manager. That's just like you, you were the most consistent person to show up and you can manage these 16 year olds. So you get the key holder mm-hmm. position, put the posters like this, your head poster, put her up or an HR filler, you know, you truly understand the, the, the pieces. One of the things we used to do that I really enjoyed was the uh, we would bring in tenants and have one that had high sales and one with low sales. And, Ooh, this and is intriguing. It, and yeah. uh, have lunch with them. Just bring them in the office and not really tell them why we picked them. You know, you're good, you're bad. We just want you to hear. Because it's funny, but in the same mall, you know, it, it's, some people are, are down thinking traffic's down, you know, customer in here. And in others, it's... it's um, you know, they got their pulse on the on the merchandising. They understand the customer, and one of these was a uh, was a uh, fashion retailer, and the other was more of a younger person shop. And uh, we brought them in. One name you would know because it was it was a really big name at a time, and the other one was uh, it's still it's still around, but uh, it wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't designed for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you were not the demographic they were okay. searching for. But it's funny. But as we're talking to the two people, and and that one store where they weren't my cup of tea, that person always sort of aggravated me. Uh, and when we sat down and had lunch, I walked away with a different feeling because the one person was telling us everything was shipped to them. They got X amount of this size, X amount of that size, X amount of that size, X amount of that. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't order and say, well, gee, in our market we need more smalls or we need more large. Or we, so, you know, they never, they never, they sold out of what they needed quickly. And then they had, you know, this, this leftover merchandise. They had. To, we get to the other store, and like I said, this is a store, I, I'll just say it now, and I, for no, anyone that this, this bothers, they had 23 piercings that I could see above their neck. 
uh, they were in the ears and the nose, a chain, you know, and it just. Yeah, 23, because like uh, Pokeball's canon in D, you counted it. Yes, yeah. uh, several times. And I mean, you could have been coming up behind me with a gun, and I was still going 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 20. <laughs> but they fit the motif. So they, it was, they, yeah, 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 it was, it was yeah. the right. Yeah. But uh, when he started talking, he started talking about, yeah, I get to do my own buying. I know what's hot. I know what goes. I know. And, you know, it was a difference of like 300 bucks a foot on what they were doing in sales. Wow. And it's because they had the right person in that position like i said not my not my cup of tea but they were buying the right merchandise for the clientele that they had and that's uh, you know it, it, it's funny but we've been in this business for a long time you see that and and you know sometimes they get the secret sauce right and sometimes they, they miss it so or they visit. or they had the secret sauce then they change it yeah and uh you know, it just never well, and makes sometimes sense. like a pendulum swinging, even for us in management, but it, pendulum swinging, it'll go, you know, heavy on the retail manager getting to do some of that really heavy input, buying sizes, demographics, whatever, and then it'll swing back to corporate where someone in New Jersey is buying for the entire state of California, and that can work okay, or they're buying for California like they live in Portland, Oregon, and it's like, well, that doesn't actually work, you yeah. know, and, and so you do get a little bit of that that flare across. We. Uh, we had a store. Uh, well, ZCMI was a store in, in Utah. That oh, was, yeah. yeah. yeah ch- uh, kind of regional chain of right. department store, right? Right. Yeah. And it had some Mormon roots. And so it was, it was uh, they, they understood the Mormon customer and they would buy accordingly. And uh, when it got bought by, I think at that time it was uh, Fred Meyer or someone bought it. It was before oh, it became yeah, Macy's. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, they started buying for that like they did everywhere else. Uh, we also had a Dillard store in that mall, and the local manager had a lot of opportunity to have input on his on his uh, purchasing. And one of the things that he bought was a lot of long shorts, which were important to a lot of the Mormon members. And the, the former ZCMI store no longer sold those longer shorts when they got they were just looped in with everything. So Dillard's had just installed a new camera system. And I would have monthly meetings with my department stores, invite them all up for lunch. And if one came or two came or three came or four came or five came, well, first of all, it was a miracle. That would be a miracle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, wow. you know, we, and uh, so we were having the meeting, and Dillard's was so excited about the meeting. And he said, I need you to have a VCR in the room. I said, okay. And he said, is, is the guy coming from, I say ZCMI, but it, then I think it was Fred Meyer. And he said, I don't know. I think he is. And he, oh, oh, he was so excited. So we got there. And he was so excited because the manager of the store happened to be LDS, and he had to go to Dillard's to buy shorts because he couldn't buy them at his own store. Oh, and so awesome. he had burned a disc of him going into his store, and he said, you may want to send this to your people and tell them they may want to look at their buying. And, I mean, if you think there's not some rivalry there, and this was oh, good. They, yeah. they, they were good-natured, and, and uh, I, I would hope that manager of uh, Dillard's, we, he's no longer in the industry, Hope we could get him uh, on one of these calls because he was he was brilliant. I loved working with him, and he was very good for me. He taught me a lot. But, uh, oh, he was just having fun with it. When he saw him in the store and saw where he was going, he happened to be in the security room, and so he just started following him. Just, just start, and just following see him. what happens. Yeah, that's right. and when he that's saw, awesome. When he saw what he was doing, he was like, oh, this is the oh, mother load. I need, oh, I need this one. So. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of that Super Bowl commercial where is it the – it was the Coke vendor that, like – He's wearing his Coke stuff and whatever. And, like, 
He grabs he's, a Pepsi. He grabs a Pepsi, and then all of a sudden it's like, you're on news, and you got the one millionth Pepsi, and he's like, oh, you know, loses. So I I think that that's awesome. But but it's true, right? Because pay attention, but know your buyer, know your stuff, but that's awesome. Like, a little rivalry between tents for sure, and especially in the same category or in the in the same veins. You know, they're they're trying to win. They're trying to do well for their sto- themselves and stories, and there's bonuses tied to that, and there's things, but – how fun to see the department store managers even have a little inner inner rivalry. Um, so I, I think, man, I've, I've enjoyed today. I think tenants are so much fun and they can be both amazing and fun and, and terrible too at the same time. But I think, um, I think the different geographies, the chance that we've had to meet so many just really good people. Um, you know, this has been kind of a very uplifting one, I think from that standpoint. And I, I've, I, uh, I look forward to continuing the conversation as we go, and I, I appreciate the time today. Okay.